Hey guys, welcome back to the Mindset Design Podcast. I have a, a special episode for you guys today as I, uh, I'm going to record this one once again outside for you. Today's special because it's um, it's a part two. Part one is uh, about like my religious arc and the part two is essentially my entire journey through religion this year. Okay, so welcome to my insane year studying religion. Welcome to the Mindset Design Podcast with your host, Arlen Moore. In this podcast, the hope is to provide the listener with actionable advice and inspiration to inspect their own mindset and make the changes they need to achieve success and fulfillment in their own life. If you'd like to support the show and learn more about mindset design, visit mindsetdesign.com or go to who.b slash Arlen. That's H-O-O dot B-E slash Arlen. Or simply share an episode with a friend. That would be fire. Enjoy the show, and here's your host, Arlen. How this all started, you know, at the beginning of this year, is I, I basically got spiritually bored. And I felt like I I really wanted to reinvigorate my spiritual senses and that perhaps I could go deeper than I already had. And of course, you know, if you listen to the first part of this this. uh this journey here, you know that I, uh, I I have studied religion and spirituality a lot. Like since since I was eighteen, I'm you know was, I've been studying this for like nine years at this point. I'm twenty seven now, and you know I've studied I've studied Islam, I've studied Christianity, I've studied Judaism. I, I mean, I was born and raised in a Jewish household, and my dad was Catholic, and so there was all that. But again, I, I give my entire um, uh, I give my entire background in the previous episode. In this one, we're talking about how, again, I, I was spiritually bored and I wanted to explore more. I wanted to see if I was missing anything. I wanted to see if perhaps my view of the world was wrong. And I wanted to test to see, you know, am I, you know, am I, is this Eckhart kind of viewpoint that I've found myself in where I'm basically you know, I, I see the patterns in all religions. Um, but I'm not particularly dogmatic to a single religion. You know, I see the beauty and I understand Christianity. I see, uh, the beauty in, uh, Islam. I see the beauty in Judaism. I see the beauty in Hinduism, but I'm not, I wouldn't identify as one. And I, uh, I actually, you know, beyond being like spiritually bored and like feeling like I, um, haven't uh I haven't gone as deep as I could I wanted to go deeper this year and that was really my intention at the beginning of the year and I was like you know what I'm going to read the books like I'm going to I I got myself a bible and obviously I'd read passages before but I was like I'm literally just going to read the bible this year I'm going to read the Quran um Old Testament New Testament Quran and I'm just going to focus there and and dive as deep as I possibly can and then I, uh, I I met a friend, or actually I saw uh, him on a podcast. His name is Sovereign Bra, Sovereign Bra, like that. Uh, and he was on this podcast called Whatever, which is basically, it's kind of like Fresh and Fit, where they have, you know, some girls on the show, and the girls uh, are, like, debating some, like, very right-wing guy. So they have, like, very liberal, you know, maybe, like, OnlyFans or porn star type girls, 
and they are debating, you know, some very right-wing conservative guy and often a girl on the other side of the table too. And this guy, Sovereign Bra, or Chase, um, Chase is like, you know, very, uh, very conservative and very like fundamentalist Christian. And, and I liked him, you know, I liked his views. I liked what he had to say. I liked the confidence he had to say about it. And so I reached out, I got connected to him and, um, I was like, dude, like, here's where I'm at. I want to learn more about Christianity and your views and how you've got so convicted in this. And he told me to read a book called more than a carpenter by James McDowell. And I read the book and I was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty profound. And I got my Bible. I started reading the Bible every day. Uh, early 2023 as well, I I was also living in Malibu. And in Malibu, I, um, I, I lived near Pepperdine University, which is an all, you know, it's a Christian school, um, theologically-based school. And this was also, you know, quite interesting because I was just in like a Christian community and reading the Bible and, you know, uh, seeing crosses around people's necks and crosses around the school and such. And, um, so I was like really immersed in, in like a Christian environment. And then I, um, I started talking to another guy that I was connected to. His name is Bryce. Bryce Crawford and Bryce is like a 20 year old kind of missionary who uh, preaches the gospel around the around the country and and you know shares what he's learned about Jesus and his he said he met Jesus in a Waffle House and he's he's an influencer you know he's 20 years old he's like he has several hundred thousand followers across social media and he talks about passages from the Bible and he's very um he's very convicted in uh, his ways and his views and. I went to an influencer Bible study that he was hosting and there were some, you know, influencers there learning about Jesus and the Bible and um it was pretty interesting. And while I was there, there also happened to be a Muslim guy uh, who's also a Muslim influencer and the reason he was at the Bible study is because in Islam they basically respect from respect and learn from the, you know, quote people of the book which is the old old and new testament so they they were you know muslims respect um jews and, and christians i mean they they believe that they obviously have the wrong idea about things but they respect them and they they learn what they can and um i was speaking to him at the bible study and i was like i was like what is like the difference right like what like obviously you know quran bible like yeah old testament jews new testament jesus christians right and if you're if you're like so new to religion, you've never really thought about this. Uh, you know, obviously the Jews were the, the basic story is this. Okay, here's how it all kind of went down. So the Jews were, um, you know, the Jews were in in uh, or they were around for a while, right? And they were in the land of of uh, Israel, and they were studying Torah and they believed in Adonai, the the, the God, and they were speaking Hebrew and and Aramaic and um, they were Jews and they were, they were, they were, were worshiping the one true God. And then this guy, Jesus came around and Jesus was a Jew, but he said that he was like the son of God. And the Jews were like, that's blasphemy. Like no man, mortal man can be God. But Jesus was like, no, like I'm legit the son of God and I am God. And, uh, you know, he had some followers 
and the Jews and the Romans like persecuted Jesus because it was blasphemous and blasphemy, like saying your God is punishable by death. Like you're not allowed to do that. Right. And so, you know, Jesus, um, got crucified. He, he got put up on the cross and, uh, and you know, he was like tortured and then he died. And then three days later, what the Christians believe at least is that he was resurrected and that he literally came back to life. And this is all based on, you know, uh, eyewitness testimony and what his followers said happened with him and that, you know, they say that he came back to life and then, you know, years later, kind of the, the Christianity initially wasn't like a massive boom, but like years after it kind of, it really did like take off and Jesus was viewed as like the savior of the universe for the Christians. And then 500 years after Jesus, um, Muhammad, the prophet, peace be upon him, um, came along and, you know, uh, the, the whole sort of notion of an idea and, and philosophy and religion of Islam was created. And, and Islam is like the, the perfect kind of, it's, uh, according to Muslims, it's like the final word of God. Muhammad is the last prophet to come to the earth. They, they believe, uh, Jesus was a prophet. They believe Abraham was a prophet, Moses, but, uh, really, you know, that, that Muhammad is like the final and most important prophet because he relays like the perfect system for life to flourish on earth. And, um, and they do not believe that Jesus is, uh, is God. And so, so, um, so yeah, they, uh, they basically were like, um, you know, uh, that, that's kind of the difference, right? And I knew all, I knew the basic story, but I didn't really get like, okay, but where's the disagreement? And when I was at the Bible study, I learned that the basic, the real basic disagreement between Christians, Muslims, and Jews comes down to Jesus. Like the number one thing here is what, A, you know, was Jesus real, a real person? And they all do, you know, Jews, Christians, and, and uh, Muslims do believe that Jesus was real. Um, number two, the question uh the the question is did jesus get put up on the cross was was jesus crucified and killed muslims actually don't believe that jesus was put on the cross and killed they do not believe even in the crucifixion jews believe in the crucifixion christians obviously believe in the crucifixion now here's where it differentiates so according to christians of course three days after the crucifixion jesus dying he comes back to life uh, which sort of proves his divinity in part. The Jews don't believe that he came back to life. They believe that was kind of made up, fabrication, you know, not real. The Muslims believe that Jesus was never put on the cross to begin with and that, um, you know, he uh, basically God came down and was like, like Jesus was in trouble, but God like saved Jesus and brought him up to heaven and then put a decoy to carry the cross and, um, and, and, you know, and then the decoy carried the cross and was crucified and killed. And so it was like a, a kind of a, a swap, swap of Jesus in the Muslim, in the Muslim ideology. So I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess if God is real, all, all three of those are possible, but to me, it didn't, the Muslim thing didn't make as much sense to me, like the Muslim view on Jesus. So I was like, huh, interesting. So 
Um, and of course, if there's any Muslims listening that think I got that wrong, let me know. But uh, I've talked to several Muslims about that, and that seems to be the general general consensus. Consensus. And of course, by the way, you know, there's there's so many different sects of of Judaism, of Christianity, and Islam. It's hard to wrap everyone's views in one stance. But this this is like the general consensus I've found. And I'm sure there's some Muslims that don't believe it that way uh, in the Swaparuni or whatever. But you know, that's uh that's what I've found. So next comes, you know, my further exploration where, you know, I left the Bible study. I was like, okay, cool. So I kind of see where everyone's coming from now. And I started studying more and I really started to study, you know, scholars, experts, like not just asking random friends or influencers. Like I started studying the foremost Christian scholars recommended by my devout Christian friends, the scholars of, of Islam recommended by my Muslim friends and the scholars of Judaism recommended by my Jewish friends. And I was just comparing and contrasting and listening and trying to find a very compelling argument. And, you know, um, also, you know, opening myself up spiritually to like allowing Jesus into my life or allowing Islam to hit me in some way. Like I was just like ready for one of these to sort of overtake my perspective. And ultimately this time, probably because of my environment, like Christianity seems to have the story together the most. And the argument of like having Jesus be this, um, you know, this like spiritual, like what I also, what I realized, like, and I watched um, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and it depicts Jesus dying on the cross and his whole kind of life story ish. And it, that was pretty, pretty cool because the connection I made there is that, you know, I, I believe in a spirit. Like, I, I fundamentally believe in a spirit. All of these religions believe in, you know, a soul, a spirit. Every human being has, like, a soul. And Jesus, his last words on the cross were, you know, Father, I commend my soul or my spirit to to you. And basically, he was he was committing his spirit to save all of humanity. And I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. Like, if you set an intention to go tie your shoelaces, you know, you, you, <laughs> you tie your shoelaces. And what Jesus did is he, 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 int- he set the intention that his spirit is to save all of humanity. And so I was like, huh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. So, so let's roll with that a bit. And I was like, you know, uh, I was just like, maybe Jesus is, you know, the savior of the world and like the savior of all the spirit, the, the souls. And also the fact that like G- that that Christianity is like one of the most ridiculed and attacked religions and abused religions and least respected kind of shows that perhaps in a you know a, a spiritual warfare way that it's the most the, the most dangerous right so I'm, I don't know I'm just, I'm very open minded I'm considering all these things and keep in mind I've also read like all of the atheistic arguments I've been on that side and that camp for I had been on that side for years and so. I'm just trying to completely open myself to anything, right? And to be honest, like, I think this is where most religious folk go wrong, is they don't go through this honest inquiry phase where they're like, you know, maybe I'm wrong, right? Like, they're kind of afraid to do that. Uh, I've never been afraid to do that. Um, So, you know, yeah, I would recommend trying this out and not trying to, like, prove your own biases, just, like, being just like being open. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I decide to just kind of roll 
with, you know, Jesus for a bit. And uh, for like a time, I was like, you know, maybe like, maybe Jesus is the thing. Like I, the all, the other thing was like all the commandments in the New Testament and, and the Bible is just like, they're pretty good. You know, it's good stuff. Like there's not all, but <laughs> there's, there's certainly some good stuff there. And I started to, um, you know, kind of think about like relationships and like how a house should be ordered and the whole biblical order of the household. And in comparison to like how at least uh, Islam handles that, like it just seemed like, like it made a little bit more sense. Um, the whole idea of like forgiveness being a, a, a useful kind of way of looking at, at the world and a useful philosophy and forgiving yourself and forgiving others and, um, and, and how like, I don't know, just the whole narrative started to make more sense to me of Christianity. And then I basically, um, I, I basically, at this point, it is May, June, no, June 2023, um, and I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'm a Christian. And then what I did is, like, of course, as I normally do, I challenge my own beliefs, and I start watching Sam Harris again. And I watched like one clip from Sam Harris that I could insert here. Ask yourselves, what is wrong with spending eternity in hell? Well, I'm told it's rather hot there, for one. Okay, the whole point of Christianity, or so it is imagined, is to safeguard the eternal well-being of human souls. Now, happily, there's absolutely no evidence that the Christian hell exists. And I think we should look at the consequences of believing in this framework, this theistic framework, in this world, and what these moral underpinnings actually would be. Nine million children die every year before they reach the age of five. Picture picture an Asian tsunami of the sort we saw in 2004 that killed a quarter of a million people. One of those every 10 days killing children only under five. Okay, it's 20, 24,000 children a day, 1,000 an hour, 17 or so a minute. That means before I can get to the end of this sentence, some few children, very likely, will have died in terror and agony. Okay, think, think of the parents of these children. Think of the fact that, that most of these men and women believe in God and are praying at this moment for their children to be spared, and their prayers will not be answered. Okay, but according to Dr. Craig, this is all part of God's plan. Any God who would allow children by the millions to suffer and die in this way, and their parents to grieve in this way, either can do nothing to help them, or doesn't care to. He is therefore either impotent or evil, And worse than that, on Dr. Craig's view, most of these people, many of these people certainly, will be going to hell because they're praying to the wrong God. Just think about that. Okay, through no fault of their own, they were born into the wrong culture where they got the wrong theology and they missed the revelation. Okay, there, there are 1.2 billion people in India at this moment. Most of them are Hindus, most of them therefore polytheists. In Dr. Craig's universe, no matter how good these people are, they are doomed. 
If you are, if you are praying to the monkey god Hanuman, you are doomed. Okay. You will be tortured in hell for eternity. Now, is there the slightest evidence for this? No. It just says so in Mark 9 and Matthew 13 and Revelation 14. Okay. Perhaps you'll remember from the Lord of the Rings, it says when the elves die, they go to Valinor, but they can be reborn in Middle-earth. I say that just as a point of comparison. Okay. So God created the cultural isolation of the Hindus. Okay. He engineered the circumstance of their deaths in ignorance of revelation. And then he created the penalty for this ignorance, which is an eternity of conscious torment in fire. Okay. On the other hand, on Dr. Craig's account, your run-of-the-mill serial killer in America Okay, who, who spent his life raping and torturing children, need only come to God, come to Jesus on death row, and after a final meal of fried chicken, he's going to spend an eternity in heaven after death. Okay. One thing should be crystal clear to you. This vision of life has absolutely nothing to do with moral accountability. Okay, and please notice the double standard that people like Dr. Craig use to, to exonerate God from all this evil. Okay, we're told that God is loving and kind and just and intrinsically good, but when someone like myself points out the ob rather obvious and compelling evidence that God is cruel and unjust because he visits suffering on innocent people of a scope and scale that would, would embarrass the most ambitious psychopath, okay, we're told that God is mysterious. Who can understand God's will? Okay, and yet this is precisely, this merely human understanding of God's will is precisely what believers use to establish his goodness in the first place. You know, something good happens to a Christian. Some, he feels some bliss while praying, say, or he sees some positive change in his life, and we're told that God is good. Okay, but when children by the tens of thousands are torn from their parents' arms and drowned, we're told that God is mysterious. Okay, this is how you play tennis without the net. Okay, and I want to suggest to you that it is not only tiresome when otherwise intelligent people speak this way, it is morally reprehensible. Okay, this kind of faith is, is really is the perfection of narcissism. I mean, God loves me, don't you know? He, he cured me of my eczema. He, he makes me feel so good while singing in church. And, and just when we had given up hope, he found a banker who was willing to reduce my mother's mortgage. Okay. Given all, the, all that this God of yours does not accomplish in the lives of others, given, given the, the misery that's being imposed on some helpless child at this instant, this kind of faith is obscene. Okay. This, to think in this way is to fail to reason honestly or to care sufficiently about the suffering of other human beings. And if God is good and loving and just and kind, and he wanted to guide us morally with a book, why give us a book that supports slavery? Why give us a book that admonishes us to kill people for imaginary crimes like witchcraft? Now, of course, there's a way of not taking these questions to heart. According to Dr. Craig's divine command theory, 
God is not bound by moral duties. God doesn't have to be good. Whatever he commands is good. So when he commands that the Israelites to slaughter the Amalekites, that behavior becomes intrinsically good because he commanded it. Okay, well here we're being offered, I'm glad he raised the issue of psychopathy, we're being offered a psychopathic and psychotic moral attitude. It's psychotic because this is completely delusional. There's no reason to believe that we live in a universe ruled by an invisible monster, Yahweh. But it is, it is psychopathic because this is a total detachment from, from the well-being of human beings. It, this so easily rationalizes the slaughter of children. Okay, just, th just think about the Muslims at this moment who are blowing themselves up, okay, convinced that they are agents of God's will. There is absolutely nothing that Dr. Craig can, can say against their behavior in moral terms, apart from his own faith-based claim that they're praying to the wrong God. If they had the right God, what they were doing would be good on divine command theory. Now, I'm obviously not saying that all that Dr. Craig or all religious people are psychopaths and psychotics, but this to me is the, is the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, okay, you have lost your mind. Okay. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. And I'm not the first person to notice that it's a, it's a very strange sort of loving God who would make salvation depend on believing in him on bad evidence. Okay, it's, it's, I mean, if you lived 2,000 years ago, there was evidence galore. I mean, he was just performing miracles, but apparently he got tired of being so helpful. Okay, and so now we, we all inherit this very heavy burden of the doctrine's implausibility and, 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 and the effort to square it with what we now know about the cosmos and, we, and what we know about the all too human origins of scripture becomes more and more difficult. Okay, and, and, and it's not just the generic God that Dr. Craig is recommending, it is, is God the Father and Jesus the Son. Okay, Christianity, on Dr. Craig's account, is the true moral wealth of the world. Well, I hate to break it to you here at Notre Dame, but Christianity is a cult of human sacrifice. Christianity is not a religion that, sell, that, that, that repudiates human sacrifice. It is a religion that celebrates a single human sacrifice as though it were effective. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, John 3.16. Okay, the idea is that, that Jesus suffered the crucifixion so that none need suffer hell, except those, those billions in India and billions like them throughout history. Okay, this is, this, is, this is a stride. This doctrine is a stride, a contemptible history of scientific ignorance and religious barbarism. We, we come from people who used to bury children in, under the foundations of new buildings as offerings to their imaginary gods. Okay, but just think about that. There, in, in vast numbers of societies, people would bury children in post holes 
people like ourselves thinking that this would prevent an invisible being from knocking down their buildings. Okay. These are the sorts of people who wrote the Bible. Okay. If there is a, a, a less moral, moral framework than the one Dr. Craig is proposing, I haven't heard of it. And I watch this clip and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is, this is ridiculous. What am I, what am I doing? So I'm like, I kind of took a full 360 because I was just brought back down to like these basic arguments against religion and against Christianity and, and realizing there is spirituality beyond religion. And, you know, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I guess I'm back to where I started sort of. But then I decide, uh, you know, I, well, I don't decide. I already had a trip planned to uh, Italy to um, hang out with my girlfriend's family who's Jewish. And they're very Jewish. You know, they're like Israeli Jewish. And um, one of Chloe's like uh, d uh, family friends was also on the trip. And they're very devout uh, Jews. And they... Um, they, the very uh, devout Jews, were like, I learned a lot from them about, you know, about Judaism and about their kind of views on, uh, on everything. And that was, um, that was good. You know, I, I learned about like how, how Jews like wrap the tefillin around their arm and like how they pray and what the, why like women don't read the Torah because they have like divine spiritual intuition that men don't have and men have to read the Torah few weeks after we were in Italy or a week or so after we went to Tel Aviv and we went to Jerusalem and I went to some Palestinian towns. We went to this town called Akko. And so I met like, uh, you know, Palestinians and I met Jews and we went to Jerusalem on Shabbat and we saw, you know, we saw like Nazareth where Jesus was born. And so like the whole, like the whole like study that I had just came to life because I'm now in Israel, which is like the birthplace of really all these religions and, and Jesus literally. And, you know, it was just right before my eyes. It was just really cool, you know, to see in person. And, you know, I, I experienced some Jewish culture. I experienced some Christian history and culture in person in the flesh. And I experienced some Muslim culture in, in person. And I had, you know, coffee with some, some Muslim folks, some Palestinian Muslim folk and, um, folk, that's a funny word. Um, and you know, it was just, it was just really cool. And after that, um, after that I went to, I mean, there's some other like little details here and there, like going to Italy and my friends being like pretty Christian and like flat earthers and <laughs> that whole kind of phase. But then I went to, um, then I went back home to the Cape and around like that time, and then I'm in New York, then uh, the, the Hamas attacks on on the, the music festival happened. And I just found myself fully immersed again, but now from like a, 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 a political, uh, you know, a geopolitical warfare type approach. And now I'm learning about this really Palestinian conflict and the, the stuff that's going on there. And I'm like, oh man, like this is fucking crazy, you know? And I'm just going more and more down that path. And perhaps that's a pod, that's a whole nother podcast. But um, I started thinking about this and I was like, man, this is, this is just crazy. And so, you know, 
ultimately, um, I basically found myself back in, in the, the Sam Harris camp, which, uh, if you haven't listened, I mean, I already played some Sam Harris in this episode, but if you haven't like read letter to a Christian nation or Islam, uh, his book toward, uh, you know, toward Muslims, or if you haven't read the moral landscape, it's just like, seems more like someone who has questioned his entire belief system and like opened himself up to all truths and sort of found a universal truth. Um, and that's pretty much where I stand now. You know, like, I, I mean, anyone listen to this, if you're like a Christian or Jew or Muslim or Hindu or whatever you are, you know, I'm open to hearing if you think I'm wrong about any of this, uh, because I've always kind of been like that and just waiting for a more compelling argument, but I feel like I've kind of seen everything at this point. And I just question you, you know, have you really opened yourself up to everything? And I, I've been this way since birth, you know, my mom's Jewish, my dad's Catholic. It's like, that doesn't really make sense. Um, and I've, I've considered all the options. So, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I believe in God. <laughs> I, I believe in a, a one true God. I, I basically believe that all these religions are saying the same thing with different words. You know, the Jews are, are trying to, you know, point people toward God. The, the Christians are trying to point people toward God. The Muslims are trying to point people to toward God. Hindus are trying to point people point people to God, toward God. And the Buddha, when asked about God, just held silence. And it, that's also trying to point you toward God. And so, you know, divinity and God and like the essence of, of our spirit and our, our existence and our connection is all... Uh, something that many cultures have tried to put into words, but it's challenging. And, you know, you use story and you use metaphor and you use allegory, but the real experience of a higher power is something that you can only experience yourself. And, and it's a, it's a knowing and it's, and it's nothing and everything at the same time. And it's paradoxical and um, you can try to make it logical, but uh, once you do that, you, you, you define it to a point. You define it to a, a limited perspective, and I don't think it's in that nature. And maybe it is, but I don't think it is. <laughs> so anyway, I hope that this was um, intriguing to you, and I hope that you learned some stuff, and I hope that you share this podcast on your story and tag me on Instagram and, and let me know your feedback. And I'm excited to really see you in the next episode. So that's it. I would just say, you know, um, shoot me a message on Instagram with your feedback. If you haven't gone to Maxi uh, yet and gotten Maxi on your phone, go to mindsetdesign.com and use the code Arlen. I'm feeling generous at the start of this new year so you can get your first month free or a dollar. <laughs> so use the code A-R-L-I-N at mindsetdesign.com and that'll uh, that'll get you into Maxi. So that's it, guys. Thank you for listening and I'll, um, I'll see you in the next one.